Thanks for listening to Other People's Flowers. If you'd like to have your work feature on the program, please send it to editor at otherpeoplesflowers.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. Terry Barr is the author of Don't Date Baptist and Other Warnings from My Alabama Mother, Third Lung Press. We Might As Well Eat, How to Survive Tornadoes, Alabama Football, and Your Stanton Family. His work has appeared in The Bitter Southerner, Story South, Wraparound South, Fruit Grown People, Left Hooks, and Volume 1 Brooklyn. He blogs at medium.com and lives in Greenville, South Carolina with his family. Country Man I saw him standing on a road island, one of those grassy, shrubbery-laden stations between two busy highways. He was idling near and almost behind a shrub. I saw him from half a block away and I wondered, will he cross in front of me to get to the clock, a hometown fast food chain? Is he stranded, waiting on his car at the Jiffy Lou? Is he just another lost transient, hoping to find some place new? As I drove past and stopped for the light, I thought this was just another story, another day in the life. I was heading now to the farmer's market nearby where I could buy my wife the fresh ripe strawberries, that had finally come in season. My wife has always referred to herself as a country girl. Our in-joke since the country in question is Iran, the place she escaped back in 1979, just ahead of the immigration clampdown. These images had just flashed through me when I looked again to my left. He was nearing me, motioning. I was sure he wanted money, but he made a strange lifting motion with his arm. Why do I do the things I do? Why haven't I learned to stare forward and not make the eye contact that invites these encounters? I am not a country boy, but I am from Alabama, a place where I was raised to be friendly. But regarding certain others, like this wayward man, to speak only if you're spoken to first. And then he spoke. I could hear him clearly because I had power lowered my window. Can you give me a ride? I'm just going to the KFC in Cherrydale. He had one of those old-fashioned, slick yellow raincoats draped over his arm. It could have contained any object you care to worry about. He wore a red plaid flannel shirt, blue jeans carefully cuffed to four inches, and hard black shoes. He looked like I did back in the early days of first grade. Neat, just like our mothers had dressed us when they cautioned us about whom to speak to. I unlocked the passenger door, and he got in. Don't worry, he said, I'm a good guy. He had to be seventy if he was a day, But then I learned long ago that older southern people often hide their ageing, or have already aged beyond their years, somewhere in there. His head was grizzled white, and when he spoke, his teeth were broken. Those that were there at all. These young guys, they can walk this distance in 30 minutes. I can't do that anymore. Are you really going to the KFC? I asked. Yes, that's right. Last week I was trying to make it to the barbershop out there on Easley Bridge Road. You know the place? No, I don't think so. It closed at five. You know those places close so early now, but I made it. I got there at five till five. So they had to let me in. But I'm not going back. They charge too much for haircuts these days, so I'm going to start cutting my own hair. I need to because I don't want to look old. Yeah, I said. I paid $12 last week for my cut. And as long as I can't see that bald spot in back, I'm okay. He said nothing to that though I wondered if he thought I was putting him on. I couldn't look too closely at him, though, partly because long ago I was taught not to stare, but also because the road was too busy. 
And what if I got into an accident with him in the car? How would I explain this to my wife or anyone? I was certain that he had no wife, no one at all. I wondered, is he older than 70? Is he 80? His accent didn't help. It wasn't really southern. It almost sounded midwestern. I could have asked him where he was from, but I kept telling myself not to engage too much. This, whatever you call it, was enough. So we talked about the weather, more storms were on the way, as the western sky so clearly told. It had climbed into the upper 60s now, and both of us had sheen around our brows. I passed the Strawberry Street. I never thought I wouldn't be returning there soon. Yet I found myself forgetting to breathe, forgetting to sit up straight, as my yoga teachers taught me. The streets were ticking by, and he kept talking about the roads he hitchhikes on. Cedar Lane, White Horse, Washington. He never said what he did, where he might be going next, why he needed KFC, why he wanted to get there instead of any other place. And it wasn't my business to ask. When he first entered my car, I thought about the recurring odour I couldn't get rid of, about my yoga mat on the passenger seat, the pad thai takeout I was bringing home for our supper, the $4 cafe misto from Starbucks I was holding. My rider didn't notice or at least remark on any of these things. He didn't mention the serious XMU music, arcade fires, the suburbs. He asked nothing of me really, except this ride, and if I had heard of the places of his immediate life. Soon enough, I pulled into the KFC. I thought again that he might ask for money. Instead, he noticed the Elvis CD stuck into the pocket of the passenger door. It was Elvis's comeback album, the one from Memphis. That storm that came through this weekend. It came from the west, Arkansas and Tennessee. I bet it drenched old Graceland. Do you like country music? I do. I've seen Charlie Daniels, Loretta Lynn, all of them. What do you think of that? A man like me loving country music. I love it too, I said. It's good to be broad in your tastes. I couldn't tell him that I actually didn't care for Charlie Daniels, though I had seen him live once, back in high school, back when I didn't know the difference between fun and danger. Like I thought I did now. I could tell you stories about all them, he said, looking back at me through the window. But you don't have the time. Maybe some other day. He walked on into the KFC, then still holding his raincoat. He would need it later, as sunshine that had finally broken through wouldn't last. The bottom dropped out early that evening, but by then I had our strawberries. We mixed them with fresh cream and ate them that night while watching reruns of the Andy Griffith show. On that episode, we discover that Andy's favourite dish isn't fried chicken or country fried steak. It's leg of lamb, though poor old Miss Crump doesn't know how to prepare it. Not to worry. They find each other in the end. Frozen dinners, companionship, and a love of Andy's country guitar. We all have stories. We all are trying to get somewhere. So I felt good as I drove away from the KFC earlier that day. But that feeling didn't last for long, either. Other People's Flowers was produced by Hugo Gibson, Chris Kamon Vutitam, and Hamish Adam Kans. If you'd like to have your work feature on the show, please send it to editor at otherpeoplesflowers.com. Thank you for listening.